how to maximize marketing efforts without maxing out time and money. Yeah, so the number one thing I would be focusing on would be conversion rate optimization or like mm -hmm. optimizing your email marketing. So those two, mm. those are two things that you own. So your email marketing as mm. your first party data, you own that list already. Um, and yeah. they're already familiar with you because they've signed up to it. Uh, so yeah. making sure that's optimized as hell. A lot of uh, Shopify brands would just use the automated abandoned cart sequence, um, but there is so much yeah. you can do with softwares like Klaviyo and stuff like that. Segmenting yeah. list and running different offers or like marketing campaigns during that. G'day, I'm Lockie and welcome to D2C Slingshot, a podcast where we interview brand founders and industry experts to help you out on your own journey. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Okay, well, maybe you should just say what you do. Yeah. Like why you're an expert in this. So what do you do, Lucky? Uh, so I'm a Facebook marketer. I've been doing this for over four years. I've worked with over 35 brands directly and generated millions of profitable dollars via Facebook ads. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Nice. Good job. Um, okay. So in your opinion, how should small businesses be prepping for Q4? Like what needs to be set up now to make the most of it? Yeah, so a lot of businesses, especially small businesses at the moment, don't even have their tracking set up correctly. So the first thing mm. I would do is jump onto YouTube or jump onto Shopify support or message somebody like myself to get that implemented and set up correctly as soon as possible. Uh, even if you're not advertising, you should always be collecting that data on the Facebook pixel or your TikTok pixel or anything like that. So you have that data ready to go and retarget people once it does actually hit the sale period and people start advertising. Now, ideally you're advertising all year round, but mm. yeah, that tracking really needs to be set up um, to work efficiently. So yeah, that's number one. For sure. Number yeah. two would be to start sort of planning your offers, making double checking your product margins and stuff like that and make sure you're actually leaving enough for advertising during that period as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, just setting out like your content strategy and stuff like that based around that core offer that you're going to be offering during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, um, Halloween, if you're doing that type of stuff as well. Yeah, I feel like prepping, they really need to go back to basics and make sure all of those like core pillars are set up so that you can build from there. Like, is your website easy to navigate? Do you have your automated email flow set up? Do you have your tracking pixel set up? All of that. Because if you don't, I feel like it's just going to, it's going to be wild. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be wild. <laughs> Yeah, and gone are the days of just running at like a 20% off discount site-wide sort of thing mm. as well. Unless you're like a mm. really established brand that's been advertising all year round, you haven't really gone on sale yet, you might be able to get away with it then. But as small businesses, you really need to stand out above the crowd because like yeah. CPMs are going to rise. There's going to be that much competition. You need an extremely strong offer and 20% off isn't going to cut it or making people sign up to your email list to get 10% off isn't going to mm. cut it because they expect that all year round anyway. So creating things like bundles um, and like uh, Christmas-based packages and or gift packages or gift guides and stuff like that is going to be super useful to cut through some mm. of that noise. Yeah, for sure. I think also on that note, like nurturing the audience as well. Sorry, can you hear the sign yeah. in the background? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so 
how do you think consumer behavior has changed due to the current economic climate, um, especially in Australia? And how can businesses adapt to this, especially when it comes to things like the offers? Yeah, so obviously cost of living, it's a really big issue at the moment. You've got the supermarkets yeah. price gouging everybody and that's where a lot of budget is being spent in every household at the moment. But in mm. saying that, there is still money to be made out there. I've just had a couple of clients come off their biggest months ever, but transparently yeah. I've also lost a client this month because despite their e-commerce growth was trending really positively, like their wholesale side has just been cut out from under them, which is pretty much collapsing mm. the business at the moment. So it is really yeah. a difficult time. And currently, if you're like doing better numbers than say you were during the COVID years, or you're even breaking even at the moment, you're probably further ahead compared to other businesses at the moment, because yeah. I'm talking to a lot and they're really, um, like their budgets are struggling yeah so yeah yeah if you're sort of breaking even or even ahead at the moment you're doing better than probably 80 yeah. percent of businesses at the moment yeah for sure so do you have any like are there any particular offers that you think will stand out and i know there's no kind of like hard and fast rule and it depends on the business and the industry and all of that but is there anything in your experience that seems to really work like consistently yeah so this sort of ties back into like how i shop as well so bundles mm. it's like the easiest thing you could possibly do on your uh, website yeah. and it allows the consumer to spend more with you as well and sort of puts them through a process of them convincing themselves they need to spend that extra money to get those extra bonuses and stuff like that so if you mm. don't have bundles set up at the moment that's a great way uh gift guides yeah. and like gift bundles and stuff like that so when i'm shopping for whoever it is whether it's my girlfriend or my mum or something like that i'm always looking for like some sort of package or some added value or something like that and because yeah. I'm buying for so many people, like I really can't be fucked going through yeah. like 20 different websites trying to find all yeah. these little bits and pieces. So if one brand can well. offer me like a big like bundle for like $200, like I'm just going to yeah. check out there because it's easier. And attention yeah. spans are destroyed at the moment because of TikTok. Uh, but mm. buying cycles are becoming longer because budgets are so um tight right now so if you can make it yeah. easy for somebody to check out on your store make less decisions and stuff like that and make it super mm. easy then you're going to have more success than somebody who's running a generic 20 percent off offer yeah for sure and i think speaking on that as well this is where things like um pop-ups come in handy like complementary products um you may also like any of that like making sure you have all of that set up as well because, yeah, exactly what you're saying. I think people would rather just buy in the one place, yeah. not have to pay for shipping twice <laughs> and just get everything sorted and checked off their list. Yeah, for sure. Elite subs gets me all the time. So I buy like protein or creatine <laughs> or pre-workout or whatever. And they, yeah. they like gamify the experience. So they have all their one-click upsells. They do it really well. And then they also have the three shipping threshold. So if you spend 100 mm. bucks, you get free shipping. Or if you spend 150, you get a free drink bottle. If you spend 200, yeah. you get a 
free like gym towel or something like that. So gamifying yeah. that experience on the website like that, uh, even if it's not going completely to like a gift or it's not mm. complete, like not exactly what you're looking for, just that added yeah. value and getting to that next hurdle. And yeah, Australia is sure. a massive like gamblers as well. <laughs> so I think <laughs> gambling countries in the world. So just gamifying that experience and try to squeeze yeah. as much juice out of every purchase as possible. Yeah, I think on that as well, the free gift, it doesn't need to be a product necessarily. It could be, say, you make one of your blog posts into an e-guide or something. Or I have another client who does bedtime story podcasts. And it's like maybe you give them access to something that's like just for the VIPs. And that could still be creating value and adding to the gamification of that buying process um yeah because i know like businesses can't be just giving out free gifts everywhere but stuff like that can be counted as gifts yeah yeah for sure and like it, you, you do need to work out what fits in your margin as well and making sure you have mm. stuff left over at the end of the day as well but even if yeah. you aren't making a profit over black friday cyber monday if you actually know your lifetime value and you know that person's going to come back two three four mm. five times then you can actually spend more during this period to acquire more customers get more word of mouth create that halo effect year on year uh, but yeah. yeah, it is tough if you don't quite know that and you're a bit of a smaller business at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of smaller businesses, I know sales have been slow for a lot of small to medium sized businesses or SMEs over the last year. Um, so when sales are low and resources are low, what can a business focus on to really pull through and maximize their revenue? Yeah. So there's a few things. Uh, like obviously sales are down, your, your morale is probably going to be down as well and your confidence mm. and everything like that. So one, if you can find a couple of like-minded business friends or something like that, just to bounce ideas yeah. off, have a, like a couple of chats with throughout the week or something like that, just to yeah. like get that confidence back. I think that's yeah. really super important. And then number two, making sure you're focusing on the right things during the day to actually push sales forward. You see, like even I do it myself sometimes, like on a bad week, I'll just find myself distracted, working on like different things all over the place, not really um, working as best I could during that week yeah. on things that actually matter. So for example, me, like client accounts or sales assets. So trying to get those new customers and stuff like that. So it'd be the same for an e-commerce brand if you're just sitting there sort of um, scrolling through social media or slowly packing orders or like just doing like mm. mind numbing task and not focusing on, hey, how can I improve my website conversion rate, for example? Like yeah. those are like high leverage activities that's going to set you up for success over the long term. And yeah. that's something that people can just jump onto YouTube and research more about conversion rate optimization. So you're maximizing yeah. the efficiency of everybody who comes to your website because there's not many going there at the moment, but you want to be making sure you're capturing as many dollars as you possibly can from that audience that is visiting at the moment. Yeah, I think it's also important to be honest with yourself in terms of like what is actually making money for your business because i remember in one of my uni classes in marketing it was actually for digital marketing and they were talking about how 
people are putting a lot of spend into social media, like not even paid ads. I just mean like managing social media accounts. A lot of time and money goes into that. And what we're finding is in more recent years, there's like not so great return compared to some other things like Facebook ads, for example, you can actually see the return. Whereas certain influences as well, really expensive, little to no return. So I think actually looking at the data and being like, okay, this, we tried it. It didn't work out for us. This consistently works out for us. So maybe we should focus our resources here until we can build up money and time again to be able to try different things. I feel like it's really, yeah. Yeah. I think doubling down on what you are currently doing and what you are spending money on and just going Mm. a bit harder on that at the moment. Mm. So for example, like I spoke with a brand the other day that's spending uh, like $5,000 on Facebook ads at the moment. And they didn't really know how to analyze any of that data at all. They didn't even know what they were Mm. uh, returning on that spend. So I was like, red flag to start. Yeah. And then I showed them over the last two years, they've actually had $1.8 million in that Descartes value, but only 160,000 of that has actually converted. So it's like, you guys need to get on top of one, your conversion rate, but then also optimizing for the right marketing objectives in your Facebook ad account. Because yeah, there was so much wasted opportunity in there just because they didn't know how to read that data. And they spent an hour on YouTube researching Facebook ads and trying to learn or how to get better or getting a consultant mm. like myself, then they would have fixed that issue faster and mm. been able to make more money during this period. So a lot yeah, more money, while yeah. times are like down at the moment and everyone's feeding all these negative thoughts, there are opportunities out there. Absolutely. I think that's the other thing, trying to stay positive is hard, but you got to stay positive because if you're in the mindset of, you know, nothing's working out and we're bleeding money and this and that, then it's, I I believe in manifestation. It's like a, what's it called? Self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. I think to look at things objectively and look for opportunities and be positive, that's where you're really going to make a difference. Yeah. And sometimes you can't, if you can't get that from yourself and maybe it takes like a business friend or a consultant yeah. or a coach or something like that to come in and identify it quickly. Cause yeah, they were yeah. absolutely mind blown when they saw $1.8 million in that Descartes value, but only <laughs> it actually converted. So they're like, Oh, obviously we need to do something about this. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah, looking in the right areas and getting good advice um, is going to help as well. Yeah. Okay. So now, profit margins um what in your opinion what sort of profit margins should a business have to effectively advertise yes so this is going to vary from business to business obviously depending on their goals and their current situation as a general rule of thumb you aim for 50 percent, so you have 20 to 30 percent left for advertising or other things in your business and then like some money left in your back pocket as well. But say if you're a business that's sort of wanting to scale quickly, acquire as many new customers as fast as possible, going through a really aggressive growth phase, like you could be like, uh, like a 50% margin, but you might actually spend 40% of that on Facebook ads, for example, or you could be uh, at a stage, maybe you've just had a kid. This has definitely happened 
not happened like it's happened to my clients where they <laughs> had a kid and they're sort of just gone hey i'm at a pretty comfy stage so they got that 50 percent margin they might only need to spend 20 percent of that month on month mm. to just sit where they are currently so then they're keeping 30 yeah. percent at the end of the day but yeah, i think as a general mm. rule of thumb you're aiming towards 50 percent. obviously the higher the better if you can sell it at like yeah like 120 uh, percent um more than what it actually costs you to produce and obviously that's great amazing um, yeah but yeah that's not really reality in most cases yeah i think it's good to know as a minimum because i've definitely had clients in the past and i know you probably have as well where they don't have the margin to push or even really compete in certain periods in particular industries like it can be quite competitive um yeah especially yeah. if you're like i don't know how drop shipping brands manage it but if you're selling the exact same mm. product as all these others and it's just a race to the bottom like, i don't even know how they make profit at the end of the day <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know either yeah yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, like calculators, like working out your break even ROAS and stuff like that. If you are spending money mm. on advertising is super important. Mm. And just knowing if you put in $1, you need to make three to actually break even, for example, and then anything above yeah. that, you can sort of just keep reinvesting that money into your advertising. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So speaking of advertising, what do you think are the top three most important marketing tools? for small to medium enterprises, SMEs. If an SME only has the resources to focus on one, two or three marketing channels, which would you recommend? Okay, so I'll start with the marketing channels I recommend. Uh, probably gonna be a bit biased here, but I still yeah. think <laughs> Facebook ads is definitely the best because it gives you the best of both worlds. You get the retargeting, but you also get to go out to new audiences. There's a creative element yeah. to it as well, rather than say Google where it's just text-based, but they're obviously higher intent. Um, and then, yeah, TikTok as well um, for small, medium-sized businesses, jumping on TikTok, creating those daily vlogs, like building that relationship with the audience if you are a founder and stuff like that. Um, those yeah. would be my top three channels at the moment. TikTok, you sort of get those lower quality audiences and they don't convert as mm. well as, say, Facebook or Google, uh, but it's good for that, like, viral effect, uh, getting yeah. lots of eyeballs in onto your product. For in terms sure. of marketing, like um, like Chrome extensions or apps that I'm using at the moment, um, one I'm using a lot at the moment is Foreplay. So that's like an inspiration platform. So whether you go to the Facebook ads library or best TikTok ads, you can actually save them. So it's all into one like swipe file essentially. Uh, so that's mm. a really good one. I'm using a truckload at the moment. I never start an ad from scratch these days just because I've built that up so much. Um, mm. Another one I'm using at the moment, probably um, maybe it is helpful for e-commerce businesses, but Tango. So that pretty much just screen records for you, all your button clicks when you're creating SOPs or how-to tutorials and stuff like that. So that's really useful mm. um, if, say, a client needs to give me access to a business manager or their website or something like that. I just screen record that and mm. then it's bang, instant, rather than just screenshotting it, copy-pasting it into a Word doc or something like that, and it's real painful. Uh, so yeah. it makes that super easy. And then... 
Um, yeah, I'd say obviously ChatGPT. Um, everyone's yeah. at the moment. So learning how to actually get good responses out of ChatGPT. Yeah. A lot of people go pre-surface level. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously ChatGPT as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing about AI. Like it can be super useful, but you just need to know how to use it. Um, yeah, which is definitely a little bit of a learning curve. I think for me, the top three channels I would recommend it like, and I know it's, it so heavily depends on what type of business you have and also your brand and most importantly, your audience, like where they're hanging out. Um, and of course your resources. Cause I think certain things like Google ads, I've found it can be really difficult because only one person can have the top spot right and it's like you're competing with brands that are much bigger than you are um so it can be difficult if you have limited resources but yeah definitely having a look getting to know who your audience is where they hang out <clears throat> and then adjusting your marketing strategy accordingly and that's how you select your channels that's what i think but definitely, like, I personally also love Facebook ads. Yeah. Because, yeah, you get, a, like you said, you get a mix of both. You get the visual. A lot of people are on social media. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. not just on, they're addicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So how can businesses create content while low on time? Because it is still important. Maybe not the most important thing. But it is still super important. Yeah. So if you're low on time, um, hopefully you have the money to invest in freeing up that time. And if you don't have the money, then hopefully you have the time or you, you're not really allocating <laughs> your time effectively. So uh, mm. I would, if you're stuck in that situation where you're not finding enough time in the week, either one, you need to invest in like a social media management service or get a, consul uh, a consultant on like myself to run your Facebook ads and stuff like that. Or if mm. you are both time and money poor, then you need to go back and have a look at what you're focusing on during the week and where you can actually free up some time um yeah content is super important and that's going to be one of the biggest levers you can pull if you want to generate sales so it is very important yeah because if nobody's seeing your product consistently then they're just going to forget about you at the end of the day yeah for sure i think one of the best ways that i've seen and that i've started using personally is to get little bits of content while you're doing other things so for an e-commerce store, for example, if you have a like shoot day, have your phone out the whole time, like have a few phones out and just be getting content the whole time. Um, yeah. Even like moments in the office, whatever makes sense for your brand and your audience. Multitasking, I think really helps like getting the content while you're already doing something else. Yeah, that's been on my to-do list for quite a while now. It's just to film yeah. stuff I'm working on during the day or if I go grab yeah. coffee or even if I'm out playing golf, just take some pictures or uh, quick yeah. little snaps and 
like people just like nobody really cares what they're watching as long as there's fast transitions a voiceover effect with some trending music <laughs> like mm. just distract people from the actual content uh but mm. you also need to be posting stuff that's relevant obviously so if you're an e-commerce yeah. brand packing orders um day in the life sort of yeah. stuff um, customer complaints um answering them yeah stuff like that so yeah there's a whole mm. range of stuff you can be doing and in the beginning i've been posting like one post at least one post per day for over a year now and in the wow. start it was definitely more time consuming than what it is now that's because i've got mm. a lot more efficient when i'm creating videos i'm not so yeah. much focusing on how my voice sounds or how my face looks on the yeah. camera or stuff like that that you do mm. uh, when you first start creating that content so yeah, it does take a while to build that efficiency as well yeah for sure. Um, okay. How to maximize marketing efforts without maxing out time and money. Yeah. So the number one thing I would be focusing on would be conversion rate optimization or like mm -hmm. optimizing your email marketing. So those two, mm. those are two things that you own. So your email marketing, as mm. your party data, you own that list already. Um, and yeah. they're already familiar with you because they've signed up to it. Uh, so yeah. making sure that's optimized as hell. A lot of uh, Shopify brands will just use the automated abandoned cart sequence, uh, but there is so much yeah. you can do with softwares like Klaviyo and stuff like that, segmenting yeah. list and running different offers or like marketing campaigns during that. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously conversion rate optimization, just making sure everybody who comes to the website has the highest chance of converting as possible. And at the moment mm. we're using a good software called Heatmap. Uh, so that mm. analyzes all the clicks on the website, all the buttons, and it'll actually give you a revenue uh, per click or yeah, mm. revenue per click. I can't remember how they frame it, but pretty much every button on the website gets this value. And yeah, we've been able to make some changes on a client's website over the last month or so. Um, just yeah. bringing up those high revenue per click buttons or products up so people don't have to go looking for it because their attention spans are so small. And he's just done yeah. his best month ever just by optimizing that, increasing some spend as well. Um, yeah. yeah, that was really helpful. So just doing yeah. things like that and trying to constantly improve and make everything more efficient. For sure. I completely agree. Focusing on your owned media. That's what we call it in my studies. It's like, yeah, stuff that you own. And the thing is about Klaviyo, like if you get someone like myself to come on and manage that for you, the packages start at like, I mean, depending on who you go with, they can start from about $600 per month. But usually I generate like over a thousand dollars per email and send out the basic package four to five emails per month. So it's like the return on that, even though they're warm already, half of that is from campaigns and the other half is automated flows. Like if you don't want to bring someone on, you can always do it yourself as well. Um, it may not perform as well <laughs> or you could become an expert and it could be amazing, but automated flows like especially abandoned carts just reminding people because maybe they were about to buy and then they got busy or you know you might want to add an incentive or something and then that's all they needed to decide to make the purchase it's really the, the little things that end up being the most impactful i think 
Yeah, that's pretty much why every business owner says they're not an overnight success. <laughs> so yeah, it's taken years to build it up, and it's just those small little steps along the way that will yeah make you look like an overnight success one day. Yeah, for sure. Okay, quick fire hit or miss ads edition. Okay, static images. Uh, definitely a hit. Why? So pretty much across 80% of our client accounts, so the best performing assets um, since about Black Friday last year. So we really noticed like Facebook, like flipped a switch. Uh, so around mm. Black Friday last year, like our top performing assets were images, despite spending thousands on videos, getting UGC and everything like that. Um, and the images just absolutely crushed it. Uh, there was lower competition around that time as well. Uh, consumers, can like uh, read that info, like what's on the image much faster than video. Um, and yeah, it's just been performing ever since then. So yeah, I definitely love image and yeah, it's our best performing asset in 80% of accounts at the moment. Video. Video, uh, I think it's a touch overrated at the moment because a okay. lot of brands don't do it well. Uh, mm. So what I mean by that is they'll go out and pay or free gift a UGC creator or something like that. They'll get a low quality one back. Um, obviously, UGC, when it's done well, is very good. Or if you're jumping on like certain trends and stuff like that or day in life videos and stuff like that can be very good. But if you're just using like CapCut templates, um, mm. most of the time they flop. Um, I've definitely experienced that myself. So if you're not going to sit down and dedicate like hours to video content, um, then I would probably just stick with images and it's a bit um, hit or miss within our accounts at the moment. Mm. Influencer marketing. Uh, I believe that's pretty overrated at the moment, uh, <laughs> just because organic reach is sort of dead. Like you might see an influencer with a million followers, they're probably reaching, I don't know, like 10, 20,000 people per post. Um, mm. And then from that, maybe, I don't know, 0.5% of those actually convert. Or if they do have a, like, obviously if you get a really good influencer, they have a highly engaged audience, then it can be good and lead to good success. Mm. But most influencers don't have that power over their audience, especially the TikTok ones where, yeah, you just tap mm. and follow, you might see them pop up every few days and yeah, it's sort of lower quality, lower attention spans and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty mm. overrated at the moment traffic campaigns like facebook ad traffic campaigns uh, dead <laughs> so definitely definitely yes. miss on those so transparently i'm using them within a couple of accounts for myself at the moment but they're on pretty large marketing budgets and we're just trying to get as mm -hmm. many cheap eyeballs on the product as possible and the owners know that that's sort of like a loss leader because those conversions mm -hmm. aren't going to come in anytime soon so we're just trying to build as big audiences as possible at the moment, but for brands yeah. with smaller budgets, definitely focusing on conversion or sales 100% of the time is going to be your best, um, putting your best foot forward to actually generating conversions from your efforts. Yeah. Choosing to opt out of big promo periods like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. 
Uh, definitely a miss for me. So I might be a little biased <laughs> again because I'm a marketer. Uh, but yeah, I don't really understand brands who opt out of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So a lot of more like eco-friendly brands will sort of opt out for it because they don't want mass consumption and things like that. But there's different offers you can weave into your marketing message and stuff like that to sort yeah. of go around it. Um, so one, for example, if like you're doing play mats, um, I know of a brand that does one tree planted for every mat purchase. Instead of only mm. doing one, maybe Black Friday, you'll give them like 10% off, but we'll do 10 times the amount of trees planted per mat yeah. or something like that. Just finding different ways around it. Um, yeah, I don't really understand why businesses would opt out of the biggest consumer spending periods of the year. Yeah just doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. On that note, sorry, I know it's meant to be quick fire, but I think it's definitely, it's an opportunity to add value to your customer. And so it's like, think about how you can do that within your brand. So if you are a more eco-friendly brand, like you said, maybe you can increase the number of trees planted or think of ways that you can be generous, I suppose. Yeah, ways another, that you can add value. Yeah, another one that one of my clients does really well is they donate twenty percent of their profits during that month to charity. Mm. Um, they they have a, like a Christmas jumper they make, so yeah, twenty percent of those goes to a charity of their choice, um, and that's a yeah. way to sort of get around it by giving people a yeah. discount as well. Yeah, and being really vocal about it, so you can still compete with the other brands. Because at the end of the day, like people like a sale. <laughs> People like a sale. Yeah, especially um, when the people are on limited budgets due to the cost of living. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, boosting posts. Uh, definitely dead. Um, mm -hmm. I don't recommend that for any e-commerce brand at the moment. I uh, spoke a little bit about somebody who was doing it earlier when they had $1.8 million in add to carts. They weren't optimizing mm. for the right objective. Boosting post mm. is exactly that. You're optimizing for video views and maybe a little mm. bit of engagement as well. You're not actually optimizing for sales through the ads manager. They're completely different. Uh, boosting post mm. um, won't generate you any ads. Had a client and I was making a bit of a case study on them today where they were boosting posts for months and months. I think they spent around $6,000. Their cost per purchase was $351 and their AOV was only $120. So they were running at like a yeah. 0.26 ROAS and they thought yeah. it was going all right because they could see sales coming in organically and stuff like that. So they just thought their mm. marketing budget was contributing to that. Uh, yeah. Once I actually got into the ad account and ordered it, and I was like, no, you're nowhere near profitable yeah. in these campaigns. And then once we yeah. actually optimized for the right thing, their cost per purchase dropped to $21 over the weekend. It was ridiculous. That's so crazy. Just that um, difference in marketing objectives that you're using on Facebook, whether it be a traffic campaign or boosting post or optimizing for sales can have a huge impact on your success. Yeah. Okay. Sending campaign emails weekly. Um, I don't know too much about email marketing and I've personally never purchased from an email. Um, mm. but I do see a few brands popping into my inbox. I never open them, but I mean, mm. if it's generating you money then, and you're not selling and not pushing an offer all the time and maybe more like brand experience, like what's going on, um, that sort of thing, I guess it could be okay. It really depends on you know, what sort of brand you're doing it for, I guess. Mm. What do you think? I think 
it in most cases most cases it's a positive thing because even if people aren't opening the emails i know this is like controversial but even if people aren't opening emails they're seeing your business name pop up once a week and it's just constantly reminding them yeah it's like a billboard i guess exactly exactly and then if they do open the emails then it's like a great sign they're learning about your brand you're building that connection with the customer so i personally think it's great but i also think it's a really good thing if you can give the customer the like autonomy to decide do they want to receive emails once per month once per week i wouldn't do once per day <laughs> But yeah, letting them decide how often they want to receive them, what they're interested in, I think that's really good as well. Well, there you have it. Unfortunately, this is the end of the episode. But if you're looking for more, be sure to find more episodes on the platform you're viewing on or head over to Instagram to find tons of valuable clips.